0: Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant.
1: And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Imani and BreastPumps.com. Helping parents everywhere with the right tools, Imani recently released the Imani i1 Dual Breast Pump. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Scrumptious Baby Cream is the multi-purpose protective barrier baby cream. And we will hear more from our sponsors later. But you can head to BadassBreastfeedingPodcast.com and check out our sponsor page. If you need anything, see if you can give any of them your business because they make this podcast possible. And while you're there, you can scroll down and enter your email address and we'll send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And
0: now Diane has our review of the week. I do. And I was just thinking that we don't use the word scrumptious enough. I, think, I in regular yeah, everyday true. life I think it's a cute scrumptious. word scrumptious yeah.
1: we're going to make a point to use that more
0: yeah it's everybody's job today to use that word scrumptious mm-hmm.
1: word of the uh, day we should have a word of the day competition we should yes and then like whoever hears the word of the day we could post on social media and then
0: send them like um, what do we have oh the we stickers have, yeah we have stickers Yes. All right. maybe we'll put that together Stay tuned, everybody. Stay tuned. I do have our review of the week. It came from our Gmail account, badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. Dear Abby and Diane, I have recently started listening to your fantastic podcast, having been breastfeeding my gorgeous four-month-old baby girl. We have had the odd hiccup, blocked ducts, nipple pain, but generally have had a really enjoyable breastfeeding journey so far. We live in the UK where I work as a family doctor. I'm embarrassed to say my breastfeeding knowledge prior to having my baby was little to none. To my recollection, there was only one breastfeeding session for the whole of medical school. It was optional and covered mostly the composition of breast milk and benefits of breastfeeding with no real practical advice. I've been given and followed advice, which I've since learned to be myths, which your podcast has helped debunk. For example, pointing the baby's chin toward a blocked duck, which was no fun for me or my baby. I have read, listened, and learned so much from yourselves and other IBCLC resources since having my baby. I feel like when I do return to work, I'll be so much better equipped to support breastfeeding mothers. Please carry on doing what you're doing. You've helped me so much from all the way across the pond. And I, when I emailed her back, I was just like, oh my God, thank you so much for this because we talk all the time about how medical providers really do not get a lot of breastfeeding knowledge. In school um, during their training. And this is another, and I know we've had people email us about this in the past, but this is another one to prove that they really just do not get that same kind of attention to lactation as they do with other topics in school. So they kind of end up learning what they know as they go along. So I thought that this was a great example of that.
1: I love it when medical professionals like doctors come forward and say, like, it's true. We don't get, you know, a lot of training in this because I say it all the time, but people, you know, don't necessarily have to believe me. Right. Nobody listens to us. So, I, know. It's, <laughs> I love you know. it when I'm like, when they're like, you know, say, like, this is true.
0: Yeah. And, I know and it's now true
1: because she- I've heard from so many doctors, you know, but then
0: when mm. I repeat
1: it, people are like, well, I don't know. Well, you don't, how would you know?
0: because like who would believe like it, come on like why why would anybody even think that you wouldn't get this information especially like if right. you're an ob or a pediatrician or something like that like why would you think they wouldn't get that information they're dealing with babies and mothers right. like why would you think they're not getting that info but they don't so this is great And now she's like gonna arm herself with information to help her families and honestly like yeah. the uk they they need that support there their breastfeeding rates aren't as good and they mm-hmm. you know congratulations to her for like going after and looking for information that she didn't get when she was in medical school. Um, But I just thought it was really great to hear that from her and told her congratulations on your baby. That's awesome. And, and four months, she's still on maternity leave. So that's a good thing uh, too. Nice. I know. Yeah.
1: And like, that's where it's like, it's great that we pass on these, this information to individual breastfeeders you know, because it obviously helps people, but like being able to get it to professionals who can pass it on to like a larger group of people. That's,
0: that's so good. Yeah. So good. (laughs) So thank you so much for sending that in. And, um, what was I going to say about that? Oh, you can also put it (laughs) on on iTunes because that really helps. She did send it in via email for us. But if you listen, um, and can you do iTunes then that is great too it really helps us a lot. And um yeah so we are we've been off a couple of weeks cuz Abby was out of town. So we're I was kind out of, of town. like I was camping yeah. in the middle of the woods for 2 weeks which I do every
1: year. So if you've been a long-time listener you know that in September there's a break yeah, and, and then we come was, back not knowing what we're doing. Yeah and Although I was that might care. sound different that might sound the same. Yeah <laughs> As all the other exactly times.
0: Right. <laughs> So we both sick, have colds. So, yeah. yeah, we both, both we
1: have colds, have cold, so we both probably sound
0: kind of weird. I know, and I'll probably be sniffling. My yeah. producer is going to have to take all our sniffles out. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to be like so quiet over here. <laughs> I know. No, I'm just. I'm not even going to bother. But yeah, you no. Know, I told Abby I probably have probably have COVID. I just won't stick that thing up my nose. But I'm just like you know <laughs> s- sitting in my house, so nobody cares. Nobody cares if I'm sick. It's my dogs. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so we are back with a vengeance. So if you tuned in for our, I mean, we were pretty good about setting up some, you know, some, um, some stuff before we left, but we did have a, a, a replay. So thank you so much if you tuned into that because we always try to replay our, our favorites or our best ones. But today we are back with a vengeance. And we're going to talk about how to know your baby's getting enough milk, because that's always a thing, right?
1: Yeah, it's always a thing. I don't, I mean, I think it's rare when it's not a thing, oh, yeah. you know, when you're not worried about, because somebody said something to you or just because you don't know what you're doing.
0: Usually somebody says something to you. Usually yeah.
1: somebody says something to you. Yeah. But even if they don't, I think it's just kind of like, well, could this possibly even work? Like it's, it's almost amazing. I mean, it is completely amazing. Mm-hmm. But we don't we, like it, but the amazement has already started. We don't think about the amazing thing that happened while the baby was in you, right? Like it became a thing, became a living thing inside of you, and then grew to this healthy, you know, stage and was born. That's incredible in and of itself. And then yeah. you're going to feed it with your own body. And then suddenly it's just like, wait a minute, how would that work? Right. But you already, your body's already proven that it's
0: amazing. So I have to tell this story. (laughs) Years, which just like popped into my head. Years ago, I was doing a, like a, it was like a a impromptu kind of breastfeeding class at a baby store. It might've been like a Babies R Us or something. It was years ago. And this one, this one sweet little pregnant mother was there and she was saying that her husband, um, who was not there, is an engineer. And if you are an engineer, I don't mean this in any way, shape, or form to be negative, but we do know that engineers are very practical, right? Like just very practical. And her husband was an engineer and she said to him, isn't this amazing? Like, look, my belly's getting bigger. We have this baby that's growing inside me. I'm making this baby. And he goes, my fingernails grow too. Is that a miracle? And it was just like, I know. And it was just like a very like... Like, we kind of laughed because it was just yeah. like, oh, I never really thought about it like that. But, you know, okay, whatever. But it was just like a very, like, practical thing. So, yeah. This I mean, it's is true
1: like- also. I mean, it is. all. I, I think that's actually, I think that's a good point because it is amazing all these things that are happening, but they're also very normal bodily functions. It's very not like point. your body is doing something really extra. It's not like your body is, like, capable of doing something that other people's bodies can't. Like, you, I mean, obviously, like. Different bodies, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, I know exactly you know, what you mean. It's, yeah. a, it's a, these are bodily functions that your body just knows how to do, and that extends to breastfeeding. Like, it's a very
0: normal bodily function. Mm-hmm. I was, um, I was watching a. Uh, like a, um, educational video, um, the other day, and they had this whole section on perceived insufficient milk supply. It's like a real thing. Like the majority, like it's, it's a very high percentage. I should have written down the percentage. It was very high, like 80 or something like that of people that have perceived insufficient milk supply where they really do think that they're not making enough milk because of things that are going on around them or because of what people are telling them. And, don't realize that they're actually fine. That things are fine, yeah. and we do know too that like now birth has become so medicalized that it's almost like being treated as an illness, not yeah. as right, not a normal, as a normal bodily function. Yeah. yeah, not you know, and and we kind of look at that at you know lactation too. People are like, oh, you can't like you know a baby can't survive on just breast milk. What are you yeah. crazy, right? So, yeah. so we are here today to tell you that there are ways to know that your baby is getting enough milk. And I I absolutely remember when my first one was born, feeling very, very uncomfortable with that. And my sister being like, oh, just, you know, look at the diapers or do this. And I was like, that is not enough for me. I don't know what I needed. <laughs> I needed like the bat signal or something like right. in the sky. I don't know, but I was. I felt like that just wasn't enough. I just needed something more, and I and I mean I I talk to families about this every single day because it's the biggest concern. It is the biggest thing that comes oh, yeah. out. And how I, do I know?
1: Yeah, I feel like also evolution hasn't helped because like you know we um you know we as early humans were you know very, I mean we're all animals obviously but we're much more reliant on instinct and you know you, you know because because like you know your your cat isn't like oh no i don't know if i'm making enough milk like they <laughs> they just not they just do what they their instincts tell them to do and like early humans you know did as well but now we've grown and evolved to these like conscious logical beings and and we really do kind of like this engineer you know we want we are not as connected to, you know, our instincts and and our natural, you know, processes. We want this measurable scientific proof that mm-hmm. breastfeeding doesn't provide for you. It you know, you can't, you don't have, you know, like the measuring marks on your boobs.
0: Yeah. And that's really like hard for a lot of people. Up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially like... When it's a situation where maybe you're discharged from the hospital and they're very concerned about weight loss for your baby or, you know, something like that where they're, they're already measuring and they're already voicing concerns. And when I say they, I mean, like, yeah. you know, your pediatricians or whatever mm-hmm. um, are already voicing concern about what, what your baby is doing and how much your baby is getting. Then I feel like you can just never really get away from that.
1: Yeah. And so I imagine that many families come to you for this problem. Yes. I don't think my baby is getting enough.
0: Yes, absolutely. So what do you do? So one of the first things that I always tell people and which is everywhere is to watch the diapers. And when I do prenatal prenatal, um, classes... We talk about this, you know, like how many diapers to look for and how many you should be seeing if your baby is getting enough milk. So like in the beginning, when your baby is first born in the hospital, you should see like one wet diaper and one poop for every day of their life. So for example, if they're three days old, you should see three of each. Oh. And but until about day five. I was and then say, after wait. I know, what if not like day eighteen, okay. right? Like thirty <laughs> diapers. I know. So by the time they're about day five, their poop should be transitioned. So if you are pregnant that right now and you're listening, your baby's poop is going to go from that very dark tarry meconium the first day or two, and then it's going to kind of turn brownish, greenish, and then it's going to turn yellow. And normal breastfed baby poop is soft. Almost like a, you know, like people sometimes think it's diarrhea. It's like soft, mm-hmm. yellow, and can be like a little seedy. Like it looks a little curdy. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is normal breastfed baby poop. And that's what it should look like by about day five. If your baby by day five still has very dark poop, I would be a little bit concerned about like what's going on here. Like is the baby not transferring milk well? Is the baby not feeding well? Because the 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 poop should be transitioned by this time. So poop tells us a lot. Like the poop yeah. really does tell us a lot of stuff.
1: This is exactly but, what happened to me with Exley. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, you know, his, to, his poop went from the dark, tarry, meconium poop to the green poop. And then after about a week of that, it hadn't changed. And so I contacted a lactation consultant and I was like, his poop is still green. Is that supposed to be happening? And she said, no, it's not. Yeah. Um, so we went to have him, him weighed and he hadn't gained any weight. And so she was like, okay, he's not gaining weight. That's a problem. Um, he hasn't lost weight, you know, so that's good. She was like, thankfully he hasn't lost any weight. Um, but then it was, it, it was um, this is why we need lactation consultants and why you need to call one. Because she, was, she told me, it was like the simplest things. she was like, let's let's focus on because I had already had a baby. So she was like, do you know how to work on the latch? And I was like, yeah, I've done that before. She's like, all right, let's work on the latch. Let's get a deeper latch. Let's fish his lips out. Let's, you know, do these things and then try some breast compressions while he's eating. You know, just like while he's eating, kind of massage and compress the breast. And oh, I was also tandem nursing. And I was like, I thought tandem nursing was just going to be this big boob party. Like, everyone just <laughs> grab a boob. There's enough to go around. And uh, she was like, yeah, no, make sure the baby gets the full one. <laughs> like, pay <laughs> hey, attention. make sure the baby gets the one that has all the milk in it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess we need to yeah, do that. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then and so those three things. And then I swear to God, within a week, we went back to get weighed. He had gained like double the amount that, you know, was expected.
0: But if he had been your first, would you have even thought? Oh, my God. No, I wouldn't even have known. Like,
1: no, I probably yeah. wouldn't have known that the poop was supposed to change. And I probably would have been relying on the pediatrician. Right. Because I didn't know then to, to call a lactation consultant. This time, I didn't even think to call my doctor. I was like, I need to call a lactation consultant.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're right. I wouldn't yeah. have known. And then after, by the time your baby is like five or six days old, like your milk supply should be in, your baby should be feeding on your milk supply. And you're probably going to see like six or so really wet diapers a day and probably two to three good poops. Like that is it. And you might see more. You might have a baby that poops at every feeding. That is fine. But this is like the minimum of what we want to see that tells us your baby's getting enough is about six to eight wet diapers a day in 24 hours and about two to three good poops that is enough to tell us your baby is getting enough to eat. Now, mm-hmm. in the world of lactation and breastfeeding, we know that you will receive a lot of inconsistent information. Like it is just totally rampant, right? Rampant. But the one thing that stays very very consistent across the board with doctors and pediatricians and everything is watching for diapers. Like that is really what they're going to tell you. You go to your pediatrician mm. for their first appointment, they're going to say how many wet diapers is your baby having. You go if you call and say I don't know if my baby's getting enough, they're going to say well, how many wet diapers is your baby having. Like that is the one thing that you will find to be very consistent throughout breastfeeding. So we know that this is legit. Like this is the thing that we watch for because if it's going in, it's coming out that is the biggest thing we look for is how many wet and dirty diapers and what that poop looks like which is why they have you track it for the first few days mm mm-hmm. and that's yeah so okay. we should let's we should probably take a break and then and then we'll talk about some other things we can watch for
1: okay it's we'll just be a big right poop back party. it's more right. than poop party. <laughs> there's more you could do yeah we'll be right back i'm going to go sniffle somewhere <laughs> going to try to get through this without sniffling everywhere. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by Imani and BreastPumps.com. Helping parents everywhere with the right tools, Imani recently released the Imani I1 Dual Breast Pump, featuring the quietest motor on the market. Experience optimal pumping with hospital strength output, as well as a never-before-seen boost mode. Whether pumping from one breast or both, this smart system maintains a constant pumping pressure. Its two main cycles, massage and express, include multiple vacuums on each cycle. Portable, efficient, and hands-free, find out why Imani USA products are trusted by over 46 million parents around the world throughout their breastfeeding journey. For more information, you can visit ImaniUSA.com. That's I-M-A-N-I-U-S-A dot And you can use code BADASS for 25% off of your purchase. But you can also visit breastpumps.com forward slash Imani to place an order using your insurance benefits. And today's episode is also brought to you by Original Sprout. Original Sprout carries those safe, effective, and pediatrician-tested shampoos, conditioners, styling, and body care products that we are always raving about. Scrumptious Baby Cream is a multi-purpose protective barrier baby cream to keep skin smooth and soft. Natural zinc provides an environmental defense, gentle yet ultra-moisturizing for happy, for happy skin and a happy baby. You won't need to worry about harsh chemicals irritating your baby's skin. All of Original Sprouts products are paraben and phthalate-free, vegan and cruelty-free. Their proprietary formulas contain nourishing extracts from fruits, vegetables, and flowers that the whole family can enjoy. Made for babies, perfect for grownups too. I actually use this scrumptious baby cream all the time. Check out the entire line at Originalsprout.com. That's Originalsprout.com and use code BADASS for 25% (laughs) off your purchase. And the sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode at BadassBreastfeedingPodcast.com. Our show notes will also include further information about things we talk about in this episode and at BadassBreastfeedingPodcast.com. You will also find our breastfeeding resources, all of our other episodes, and information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane, Yes, who will help you figure out if your baby is getting
0: enough. I will, for sure. And just a little side note, I use the um, I have their no worries, the original Sprout No Worries leave-in conditioner. It smells like grapefruit. I love it. Oh my God, it oh. smells so good. It really does smell. I'm like, what is this smell? And it like finally realized it was grapefruit. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a little. We all know that I love my little Google searches about this stuff. Usually, just to like debunk whatever comes up because um, it's usually just something stupid. But I. Of course, it all came up about the you know watching the diapers. That is the biggest thing to watch for, um, and there are a lot of things that happen with with feeding because breastfeeding is so variable from person to person and baby to baby. So there are some things that just don't work when you're talking about like how to know if your baby's getting enough, and that could be like, um, some people, for example, a lot of times people will say, do your you know do your breasts feel empty? when after you're done feeding. Mm. Um, if you're a first time mom and you're really not sure what that feels like, that might not be a good gauge for you. If you have an oversupply of milk and you're not really sure what that feels, you know, like that yeah. might not be a good gauge for you. I hear that yeah, all the time. Yeah, that doesn't time, like, seem people, like a good, I, no, it doesn't yeah. seem ideal. So that might not be something. I mean, I hear all the, like I even ask people, like, uh, do you, like does the the breast feel emptier? Do you feel fuller before the baby feeds? Do you feel empty?" Sometimes people are like, I really don't know what to compare yeah. that to. I've never felt that before. So that and that's legit, you know, like if if you're really not sure, um, people that have an oversupply, they'll be like, but I don't feel empty afterwards. I'm like, that baby's not taking all that milk out. You're gonna feel full because you have too much milk. Like it just, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people also don't realize they have an oversupply. But that's a whole different podcast, which we do have, by the way. So <laughs> it really is, it really is about like, watching the diapers and knowing your baby and knowing, okay, they look pretty, pretty content after they eat. Right? Like not every time. That's another, I've had families that were like, I thought the baby was just supposed to go to sleep after every single feeding. Mm. No, not necessarily. Like in the beginning, when you have a newborn, absolutely. Because your, your newborn is not giving you that much awake time. But as your baby gets a little bit older you're not gonna have a comatose baby after every single feed. Like that milk drunk look is not gonna be after every single feed when you have a baby that's a couple of months old. Yeah. You might see that like at night or, you know, before nap time when they're tired anyway, but not like every single feed. They'll just kind of pop off and go play or whatever.
1: Yeah, they're gonna um, start to becoming more alert and uh, around,
0: you know, aware of their surroundings and wanting to interact. Yeah. So we also have to look at what stage your baby is in too. And we also have to, have to know, like, okay, this newborn phase, you know, when your baby's first born, those first few weeks, they're really sleepy. They're going to fall asleep at the breast. That doesn't necessarily mean they're done eating. That means they fell asleep at the breast. They're always going to look like kind of, you know, sleepy. Um, so sometimes that is hard to gauge. Did they get what they need or not? One of the other things that I read when I was, um, looking it up was, Oh, your baby comes off when they're done. Not as a newborn. They don't. And no I tell people that all the time. Newborn babies will stay on all day because that's where they love to be. So that isn't, if you're waiting for your baby to come off as a sign that they're finished and they're three days old, probably not going to happen.
1: No. And you can tune in for our next episode, which is the fourth trimester for all about that. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. That's coming up next folks. So, That is, you know, so if your your newborn baby's probably not gonna just like pop off and be like, Hi, I'm done. But your older baby will. You know, your older baby will absolutely do that.
1: And your Um, older baby is going to be and and then you're gonna be like, Oh my god, they only nurse for five minutes. How could they possibly have gotten enough? When they're older. Because then they become more efficient feeders and then they are more engaged in the world and they just are older. So
0: it's so different and it changes so quickly. It changes very quickly. And that's a really great... I'm so glad you said that because that was another thing I wanted to mention was that a lot of times you will have medical professionals tell you your baby should be feeding for 15 minutes on each breast. And if they're not doing that, then they're not not feeding for long enough and they're not getting enough milk. That is bullshit, ladies and gentlemen. That is not an accurate statement. Babies all feed differently. They all do different things at different times. And we can't say, we can't put a time limit on these things. We just can't because it, it, that's not a good gauge of how your baby's feeding. You can have a baby, you can absolutely force your baby to stay on the breast for 15 minutes. It doesn't mean they're eating. It just meant that they're there for 15 minutes. How do you force baby
1: to be on the breast? I don't even know. I don't understand that. You can't force your baby to breastfeed. You no. can jam a bottle in their mouth, I guess, but like, you can't force them to latch.
0: No, they just you won't. can't. No, and then like you know, and then like a week later, people are like, "Why aren't they latching?" So it's like you can't really win because right. like <laughs> yeah, you know, or or get them off me because now they're on there too much, you know. Like yeah. you can't. It's just really you really just can't win with that. But it's not about how long they are on; it's about what they're doing when they're there. The other important thing, which I think. Everybody needs a lactation consultant for is recognizing that your baby's actually feeding, seeing the swallows, hearing swallows. Mm-hmm. I mean, some babies you can hear them swallow, some of them you really can't. But knowing, being able to identify that is a swallow, that is your baby feeding. Mm-hmm. That is really, really important, because some babies will just sit there and suck, 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 suck." And people go, "Oh, but they're still sucking, so they must be eating. They're not eating. So, it's really helpful. And I think very empowering and confidence building when you can recognize my baby is sucking and swallowing. I know they're eating. And I think that is really, really important. But if you don't have somebody saying to you, this is what you're watching for and pointing to you, that is a swallow right there. I do that with parents all the time. That's a swallow. That's a swallow. That's a swallow. Because Mm -hmm. they really need to be able to identify that to know that their baby's eating. These random sucks. They'll do that for all day. It doesn't, you know, I had somebody the other day that was like, my baby's been feeding for three hours. Like, no, they're not. (laughs) They're not feeding for three hours. I'm pretty sure they're not. They do
1: all kinds of things when they're latched on, right? Yeah. They sleep. They They sleep. They sleep and they don't suckle. Sometimes they're just sitting there. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they suckle a little because that's their comfort. And then they're eating. There's all different kinds of, you know, sucks if you look and watch and learn the different ones. You can see what they're doing. Right.
0: But when you're, it's your first baby and this is your first rodeo here, like you're not supposed to, how are you supposed to know? No, there's no way to know. Like, but this is why lactation consultants are really important, or at least a very, you know, well educated nurse in lactation that can sit with you and say, this is what, you know, your baby is doing. And, that is really important. It's really important to be able to identify that. I always make sure like partners are watching too. And I'll be like, this is what you're looking for right here. And I always even say it like, do you know how to watch for swallows? Do you know how to watch for sucks and swallows? Sometimes like once you really get good at it, which doesn't take very long, because then once you see it, you can't like unsee it, you know? And then you start to really recognize that those um, comfort sucks are different than the feed sucks. You know, it's like you don't, Recognize that at first, but then you start recognizing that after like, oh, this is very, this feels different than when the baby's actually eating and swallowing. This suck feels different. It's like, yes, that is your baby doing their non-nutritive suckling, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But it is different because they're not taking milk at that time. So it does feel different. So it is really important like when you can have all that knowledge like it is really empowering cuz then you really feel like oh I can see what my baby's doing and I can recognize it and identify it. And that is really important. It's really empowering cuz then you yeah, like Yeah, and you can like or we you can or we can put
1: it or or you can Google like little videos.
0: Yeah, I'll show you this.
1: Yeah. Okay, that you yeah, know where you can see the in. difference. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because it is it is really good. And um that is like super important. And then knowing that your baby is like then seeing that like very relaxed demeanor afterwards, like those noodly arms and you know, just very, very relaxed, very content. Um, they're content for an hour or so after eating. That is and that's another thing that I think is really hard for people to wrap around their heads is that sometimes babies are fine doing an every two-hour feed and sometimes they're not. So that and that is normal. That is what feeding on demand looks like. You might have those babies that are going longer stretches at times and then sometimes they want to eat every two hours. That is really normal. And I always tell people that like I had a family the other day actually that um, newborn baby like the first week of life and was eating like every three hours around the clock. That was pretty much her thing was like every 3 hours. And I said, I, you know, don't be surprised if that changes when she starts to become a little bit more alert and awake. You might see every 2 hours, you might see, you know, sooner than that, and that's normal. People always think like is a baby not getting enough to eat? Is that why they're, you know, feeding more frequently? But that is just a normal process. And they're like, okay, you know, cuz I I think that's important for people to know that that might change. I mean, babies are different. Yeah. Like I could like my twins I mean, I, I have boy-girl twins. My daughter was an every-three-hour feeder. My son absolutely was not. He had to be fed more frequently than that. Like, it's just different. They're just different all the time. And those are two babies that were feeding at the same time. You know, like, they are born together. And they're very different feeding patterns. So it just depends on what your baby's doing. And they can change. They're allowed to change it up. They they will? Will. And they will. And they will. Yes, they will. they <laughs> will. And it doesn't mean they're not getting enough to eat it just means they're changing it up that's all something else that i think is really important for people to realize too is that your baby like i really feel like there's a lot of um i don't want to say rules i don't know if that's the right word around how much milk your baby should take per feeding and like your baby if your baby is somebody said to me the other day that they were told their baby should be taking like 3 to 4 ounces of milk you know eight times a day And I'm like, but what if they take two ounces of milk and just feed more, more than eight times a day? (laughs) Like, can't we do it that way too? Like, that works, right? Like, it all ends up to being the same amount in the end. So it doesn't. It's not about like, okay, your baby has to take this much milk at every feeding because they're going to take different amounts at every feeding. It's about like what what's comfortable for them at the time, right? And what what they're doing. They might not want a full feeding all the time. And that's okay too. But if you're following their lead, you can't go wrong. You know, it just, it's, you can't if you're doing what they want you to do.
1: You can. So, what about Wade feedings? I feel like that can be very telling. Yes. Although can be, also be very not telling. <laughs> well, yeah. And I,
0: yeah, somebody told me that once. Like, I, I'd asked them, like, did they do a Wade feed at your you know, doctor's office or whatever? And she said, the mom said, they told me they wouldn't do that because if the baby didn't take enough milk, then that would like disappoint me or something like that. And I'm like, but that tells oh. you that, that even if it's, but you need to know that, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you need to know if the baby's not taking enough <laughs> well, milk. What, so that you can- yeah, right.
1: You do need to know that. But then, but then you have that problem of, so the weight feed is when you go to the lactation consultant's office or the doctor's office and you haven't fed your baby yet and you feed your baby, they weigh them. Then you feed your baby and then they weigh them again, and then you could see how much they drank, um, which will tell you that they're getting milk. Right. But what if they happened to have just like a short feed?
0: So I usually what I usually do with that is um Okay, there's a couple of things. So when you do a wave feed, and the wave feeds aren't like they're not an exact science. So, but it does tell us, it does give us an idea of what's going on. So we know, like, as long as you're going in being like, okay, this isn't an exact science, but it does tell us a little bit about what's happening. So, as a lactation consultant, and we're all pretty versed in being able to identify if a baby's not feeding well. So if the mom, and we all know too, that like setting appointment times around babies feeding is not always perfect either. So I could tell you, okay, come in and see me at three o'clock and moms are always like, all right, I'll try to like plan it, you know, but you can't always do that. Yeah. So if they sit, if they come in and say, okay, but the baby fed an hour ago. Okay. By the time we talk, we get the baby undressed. We get the baby changed. We get the baby weighed. They're probably going to be fired up enough that they'll want to go on at least for you know a few minutes. But even if they're only feeding a couple of minutes, that still tells me what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I see a baby that's feeding like for you know ten minutes and they're sucking, swallowing, sucking, swallowing, and they transfer an ounce or two of milk, I'm going to be like, oh, they did really great, and they just fed an hour and a half ago. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried about this baby eating. But if it's been like an hour and a half, they go on, um, or maybe like two hours, they go on, you know, they're not like doing much of anything. They're not sucking and swallowing, maybe transfer like not even an out a couple of grams or whatever, a couple of kilograms. And mom says, well, the last feed wasn't really that great either. You know, then that's going to tell, okay, they're probably not feeding well. Or they look like they're really trying to feed and not much is happening. So we know what to look for. And I always make sure to tell parents, like, this is what you want. You know, this is what I'm looking for. But it is important to know, like, okay, what did they do at the last feeding? When was that last feeding? And how did they do with that feeding? Because if they don't do great at this feeding, but they did really well at the last feeding and the last feeding was only an hour and a half ago, okay, I'm not going to be too worried then. I'm not going to be too worried your baby only took half an ounce because they did look like they were pretty efficient while they did it. And they just fed really well an hour ago. So that's fine. But you do need to be able to like really know what you're looking for. And I can, like, you can really, most lactation consultants, I think, if they're watching a baby feed, can know what they're looking for and can tell, like, okay, this is not a baby that's feeding efficiently. This is not a baby who looks like they're trying to, you know, that looks like they're really doing well at the breast. And Um, so if
1: you come to that conclusion, What's next? So,
0: if somebody's listening
1: right now and they're like, oh, yeah, I think that there's some concern here,
0: then I'm going to. Well, I do a lot of, well, you know, I ask a ton of questions, but um, I, I always want to know, like, how does the baby suck feel? Has there been any problems with breastfeeding anywhere along the way? Especially if it's a baby that's like two months old. I'm always like, okay, what happened in the first two months? Like, why are we now just seeing the baby? Is, there, is this a new problem? Like, what, mm-hmm. you know, what is going on? Um, has there ever been any issues? Has how was birth? What happened at birth? And we know from you know our interventions episodes that things that happen at birth can absolutely impact how babies feed. So that is something that I always want to make sure we talk about too. And like what is, you know, what has been happening all along? Has there been supplementing? Has there been a weight problem? And usually like if people contact me about a weight problem, I'm like, all right, what is sometimes what pediatricians say is a weight problem isn't necessarily a weight problem because they're looking at formula feeding babies all the time. And those babies gain more. So sometimes it's like, okay, what are we... Are we looking for a huge weight gain and not seeing it because that's not realistic? Or is it really not a good weight gain? You can also tell by looking at a baby. And I was telling Abby before we started that I saw a baby on video yesterday who it was a weight gain issue. You know, they were very concerned about weight and, um, you know, they were told they were, you know, by their midwife that they were concerned about weight, but this baby was per- like, she looked perfect. She had these big, full cheeks and a belly and was very active and very interactive and, you know, distracted and just doing all the right things. And, um, was just like, Oh my gosh, this baby looks perfect. When babies aren't gaining well, you can really see it in them. You can- they look small. They look thin. They might be sleepier. Um, they might not, you know, they might be feeding very frequently, like every half hour to every hour, like around the clock, not just, you no. know. Um, and that it just, it, it is very telling. Like, you definitely can see that when, when the baby is not getting enough to eat. So what do um, we do to get babies to eat enough? The breast compressions is great. So how you're, uh, you're, Lactation consultant told you, like, okay, here, do these breast compressions. Mm-hmm. That is great. And that's also my favorite way of keeping a baby awake because we know in the beginning when they're super sleepy that they are not, mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. they're just not like, they're just dozing, right? Mm-hmm. Like a couple sucks and swallows and then they just fall asleep. So those breast compressions are really helpful because it just like pushes milk down into their mouth. So they're forced to like keep swallowing. Yeah. So that is really good to do. And it's just a tool that we use. And you'll find that as your baby gets a little bigger, you won't need to do that as much. But people are like, is a baby going to get used to me doing this? I feel like I'm just milking myself. What is it? It's like, no, this is just helping them. You're just helping them really. Like they just mm-hmm. need a little help in the beginning. So that's all you're doing is helping them along. Breast compressions are really great and identifying the problem. You know, like it's not helpful to be like, okay, your baby's not gaining weight they're not getting enough milk, here, just supplement them. But why aren't they getting enough? Like we need to figure out why it's not just because if you just like supplement them and go, okay, now they've gained weight with the supplementing. So now you don't have to supplement them anymore. Like, are they going to continue to gain?
1: And what are some reasons that they don't gain? It's like
0: latch. It could be like if the latch Um, isn't good, it could be if there's like a tongue tie or, you know, a restriction, it could be like a disorganized sock issue. I've seen that quite a bit where the babies just are not sucking their coordination is just not where it needs to be it's they're disorganized they're not transferring milk well um it could be muscle issue maybe if they just, if they have a very weak suck um and stuff like that tends to come back to how, a lot of times how they're born um mm. and how like you know what is going on with that baby so you do have to have all those pieces of the puzzle of like how was the baby born was there any issues um was it a long labor was it a c section delivery was it vacuum extraction was it you know like all of those things kind of everything plays a role everything goes together um a lot of, like those kinds of things sometimes you know is it an early baby babies that are mm-hmm. that's you know another thing babies that are like 37 weeks 36 37 weeks they don't necessarily feed that well so sometimes it's that's all it is and once they get to be like 40 weeks, like their actual gestational age, then we see that they kind of turn it up and they start to feed a little bit better. Sometimes if babies aren't feeding well from the start, they're really sleepy, jaundice, um, you know, things like that. Once they do get a little bit extra milk in them, then they take off and they're fine. Mm-hmm. But it's just being able, you need help identifying what is going on and why it's not enough to just be like, all right, the baby didn't gain, so let's supplement them. We need to find why, why didn't they? Mm-hmm. Is there a reason why? Is there something we need to be looking for here, or is it just that your baby is a little bit early, they're a little bit sleepy, and we they just need a little bit of help, and then they'll be fine? Um, it's not always a milk supply issue, and I think that's a really important thing to remember. Is if there is a weight problem, if your baby, if you think your baby's not getting enough milk, don't automatically think it's a milk supply issue because it's probably not. Most of the time, it's not.
1: Yeah. And there's things, and if you contact a lactation consultant, they can help you. Mm -hmm. Like if you just start supplementing, I mean, if you know, then it's then like you can't get help with the actual issue.
0: Right. We need to find out what the problem is. And I, I mean, my thought process on it and I could be totally wrong, but I kind of feel like babies are meant to breastfeed. Like instinctively that's what they're supposed to do. Right. We know that like when they're born instinctively breastfeeding, is what their body is made up to do. If they're not doing it, why aren't they? Because instinctively they should be. So if they're not doing it the right way or they're not doing it well or not doing it successfully, then we need to find like what's going on because there's there's something happening there and we just need to figure out what it is. That's all. But most of the time you do need to have a lactation consultant to help you with that because it's, you know, I mean that mom's group on Facebook is not going to be able to solve your problem. It's just, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah. Right. And if you get it, if you do, so we can't like diagnose everybody individually right here, but we can tell you these are the things to look for and to contact a lactation consultant to help you identify the problem. And then once you identify the problem, you can fix it.
0: Yeah. Then we make a plan to fix it and then we move forward. But it is, you know, obviously the earlier, the better. You know, I mean, if you really feel, if you're seeing those little signs of, okay, the poop is still dark or I'm not getting enough diapers or, um, you know, my baby seems to not be satisfied because they're, you know, they're still like, they're not relaxed after feeding. They're not, you know, whatever. um, Then we'll, you know, that's something that we should be looking at from the start, like sooner rather than later. It's easier to turn around when it's early. Yes, yes. Not that you can't turn it around later, but it's easier right. to turn around early.
1: Yeah, when in doubt, get help. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, so that's like it. So thanks so much, Diane. Well, it's good to be back, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> it is. No, we can Sorry go if I sound <laughs> congested.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it is good for us to be back. And we didn't have any major tech problems. So that's a miracle. In it of itself. Ah, it's a miracle, yeah. That's much more of a so, miracle yeah, like- than like Abby mentioned, we are going to be talking about the fourth trimester pretty soon. So that'll be very interesting.
1: Yep, we will. See you next time.
0: See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.